Welcome to Tentpole Trauma, the podcast where we look at movies that came with hype and high hopes, but left with crushing disappointment, either critically, at the box office, or both. Freed from the weight of expectations, we seek to examine these underperformers under a new light, parsing through the good, the bad, and everything in between with the hopes of gaining a better understanding as to why they failed to find their audience. Warning, there will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie that we're discussing today, I suggest you stop the podcast and go watch it. Then when you come back and listen, you'll get more out of the discussion. On this episode, we explore Jennifer's body. Okay, I'm Sebastian, and I'm here with Jennifer. Hello. And Rodney, welcoming him back to the podcast. Hello, Rodney. Hello again. Good to be here. What is it again? You're the host of What's That Show? Oh, this other podcast called Pod Forsaken Horror Podcast. Not Rod Forsaken, Pod Forsaken. That's that's another one. That's just me ranting for two hours (laughs) per episode. (laughs) But... If uh, if you're into horror movies and you're always trying to find like more obscure shit, you should come check out Pod Forsaken because that's what we do. Each episode, we focus on one horror movie you probably haven't seen. And you know what? I want to bring this up because last time you were on, you pimped um, his house, I believe it was called. Yeah. You said Netflix. that was really good. We watched it and you were right. Yep. It was really Loved good. It. Loved really it. Really cool uh, sort of take on the haunted house. Uh, with some uh, two, uh, a couple that is a uh, they are uh, refugees and really really good. Um, so yeah, you should listen to Pod Forsaken because Rodney's suggestions are actually good. I can actually confirm he knows <laughs> wow. what he's talking about. Thank you, so, Sebastian. It only took me being on your show three times to get that. But yeah. now we're there. <laughs> well, today we are here to talk about. The 2009 Karen Kusuma Diablo Cody film, Jennifer's Body. Now, um, I think that this movie was sort of famously a failure. I looked up the box office and technically it ended up making its money back. It cost about $16 million to make, but it just made its money back domestically. It made a little more internationally, but that's not good. With whatever they spent on advertising, it was still, I'm sure, a costly uh, failure, especially for a horror movie. And it's not too often that horror movies don't basically double their budget. Uh, The big press around this movie was two things. One, uh, Megan Fox was sort of touted as the star and she was coming off of her sort of it girl moment. I would say this was probably maybe the pinnacle of it. She was coming off the Transformers movies. She was a pinup and everybody sort of, I think, considered her a very attractive, but not a very good actor. It also was written by Diablo Cody, a screenwriter who had had a big success with Juno. She has a sort of controversial history. As she was previously a stripper or something. She made for good press, but this was sort of her, her attempt at a horror movie. 
um, directed by Karen Kusuma, who directed Girl Fight, I believe, was her big hit. Rodney, do you remember this coming out in 2009? What was your uh, impression? I do remember because um, Diablo Cody, I think, had just won the Oscar for writing Juno. Right. So it was she she was like super hot right then, you know, like people yeah. like from the writer of Juno. Uh, and you're right. Megan Fox at the time was probably. Yeah, I don't know the best way to put that, but like, I don't want to say the hottest girl available in town. That's not the right way to put that. Like everyone yeah. was you saw pictures of Megan Fox everywhere you went because she was in the Transformers. She was right? a sex symbol. She that's, was really the, the sex symbol for. of the moment, I would right. say. And, you know, I remember the 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 trailer coming out for this and thinking, hey, this is kind of a clever premise, right? Like, like what if Megan Fox is basically as sexy as she is, but she's killing dudes, you know? Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I was, I remember seeing the trailer and being like, I'm in, like, I like Megan Fox. I like Diablo Cody. I like suck you by count me in. I don't remember seeing the trailer. Um, I, of course I remember seeing, I was going to movies a lot at that time. And, um, I just kind of, I mean, seeing whatever horror was in the theater, um, I can remember where I saw this. I saw this at, it used to be, um, I think it was a Pacific theater before it was at Arclight over in Culver City. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it it was like Pacific theaters. And I I remember because across the street, I think was Native Foods at the time. And that was my jam. Like we my, my one of my friends and I would usually meet up and get food. And then we go see whatever we wanted to see. So I remember seeing posters up for it i totally remember all the the heat around megan fox because she's gorgeous and I, she was like on maxim and like all of yeah she all was of very maxim things. yeah yes. yeah and i was you know i was familiar with uh diablo cody because of juno so i i you know i i, I don't think i went in if i recall I, I like knowing anything about the film other than it was a horror film with megan fox and i was like here we go i also saw it in the theater when it came out i was not necessarily a fan of Diablo Cody at the time. I think I had seen Juno and I kind of was like, eh, it's okay. I, her, my impression of her was her dialogue was very stylized and sort of a female Tarantino maybe. But I don't really think that's an accurate descriptor, but that's kind of how I was seeing her writing at that point. But I did want to see the movie. I ended up seeing it um, by myself in New York. I was in New York City doing some gigs with uh, my old band, my old Boston band at the time. We were doing some re- reunion gigs. And it was playing and I really wanted to see it. So I, was, I had an afternoon off and no one to hang out with. So I went and saw it in the theater and uh, really enjoyed myself. But I remember, what I really remember is uh, when it came out was I saw it in the theater and I really liked it. And then I went on the chud.com forums at the time, which was where I would hang out to do my movie nerd discussion. And it almost across the board, everyone hated it, like just hated it. And I was like, guys, I don't understand. I thought that was a lot of fun. And everybody was like, oh, my God, the dialogue was so terrible. Oh, blah, blah. That was the worst movie. And I just felt like, wow, I really don't know what horror fans are into these days. I don't think the critical reception was that great. And it ended up not doing really well. So I was like, well, guess I was wrong about that one. But as the time has gone on, I've revisited it and I still 
think it's a good movie, and I still don't understand why people were reacting to it the way they did initially. But uh, I want to hear what you guys think as we go. So uh, do we have anything else to say about this? You said you, you go into chud.com. Is that before it became four chud and then eight chud? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was, it was the early days. So let's get into our discussion of Jennifer's body. Now, there are two versions of this film. There's an extended cut and there's the regular theatrical cut. It's pretty much standard issue for horror in the 2000s where they would just release, you know, the extended cut really isn't much different at all. There's a couple of minor ex scene extensions and, I mean, I don't even think there's any extra gore or anything. Usually they're selling this these things on extra gore shots or whatever. The one thing you do notice, though, in the beginning is that it's sort of edited a little differently. The movie starts with, um, in the theatrical, it starts with the character of Needy, played by Amanda Seyfried, sort of stalking her friend Jennifer, who's played by Megan Fox, stalking her house. Jennifer's in bed watching a really kind of hilarious exercise video, and we see Needy out outside her window. Then it flashes back to this asylum where Needy is being held. You know, she, they, they call her a kicker because she kicks her, one of the orderlies that comes and tries to get her. What is it, Jen, that she's trying to get, get find out what she wants to eat? Well, she's eating um, a toastum, I think, is what it is. And, and right. the, the orderly comes over, or, or I don't even know if she's an orderly or dietitian or what, what her role is, but she comes over and is like, you know, oh, you're just having a toastum you know, for breakfast. And she's trying, like the word she's trying to get out is maybe that's not going to meet your nutritional need needs. And before she can even get it out, like she's been kicked in the face by needy. Right. <laughs> Which I have no idea why that happens. You know, like, like we will talk about what happens at the end later, obviously. But even with that reveal, I don't get why Amanda Seyfried, AKA needy is like, tur has turned into this violent kicking of not strangers, but like, you know what I mean? She's still the same yeah. person. She's a good person. So yes. why does she kick that woman? Yeah, I mean, I think it's to obviously foreshadow what we learn at the very end of the movie. But I do agree. It's kind of a strange way to set up your main character, especially since the version of Needy we're going to come to know immediately is this sort of slightly mousy, you know, a sort of riff on the girl who's really pretty but wears glasses and that somehow doesn't... Although I do think the movie sort of acknowledges that that is a stereotype. And I think most people accept that Amanda Seyfried, who is very attractive, is still attractive even in her sweaters and her, her glasses. Rodney, what do you think of Amanda Seyfried as an actor? I like her. I certainly don't go out of my way to, like, watch a movie because she's in it. But I overall feel like she is good when she's in a movie. I have like I have nothing against her. I think she's I think she's actually pretty good in the I think to be fair, I think most people are pretty good in this movie. We could maybe not Megan Fox, which I imagine we're going to talk about at length. Oh, well, I'm going to disagree with you there. Jen, <laughs> what is your what is your feelings on um, Amanda Seyfried? Uh, I like her a lot. I I agree with Rodney. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not seeking out things that she's in, but anytime if it's something I am interested in and she You're not a Seyfried seeker. <laughs> anytime I find out that she is in something that I'm interested in seeing, I'm, I'm happy about it because I think she's a really good actor. Um, I really loved her in Big Love. I thought she was great. Yeah, I, I, I like her. I'm a fan. 
I like her too. I agree totally with you guys that it's she's not somebody who necessarily drives my attention to a movie, but when she's there, I'm always happy to see her. And I think she makes a really good lead for this movie. I think she's a solid sort of not showy character, but she elicits sympathy in the viewer. Um, and I think she does a really good job. We'll get into Megan Fox in a bit because she doesn't, you know, we sort of get into, we flash back to... Uh, high school about three months prior, I believe they say. And we get a kind of quick little montage of a sort of typical high school experience in this town of Devil's Kettle, which is famous for having this sort of waterfall where there's like a whirlpool at the end of the waterfall and there's scientists throwing balls into the whirlpool and they don't know where they show up. This will come into play later. But we get sort of a look at the sort of high school life of Devil's Kettle. And over this is a monologue um, from the needy character. And it's very much, I think, in Diablo Cody's voice. I appreciate that she put her stamp on it hard. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole point of the movie is that everyone talks that very special Cody way, right? That, That like quippy fucking like I know what you mean when you say Tarantino because it's like everyone doesn't talk like a real human being. They talk no. like they're movie characters. Yes. But you're going to see a movie, so I think that's totally okay. Yeah. And for the most part, I like it, but there are moments throughout the film where she's trying too hard and like the whatever whether the joke or how cool it is doesn't really mm-hmm. land. But in general, hey, bravo. I, I I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I um I'm I have no problem with the way that she creates her dialogue. I, I mean, I, it reminds me, you know, a little bit as far as like, you don't really know anyone and I don't that speaks that way or I'm sure teenagers at, at that time don't really talk that way either. But I felt the same way about um, Mean Girls or um, Dawson's Creek even, you know, it was like that they, I knew, you know, that that's it's fictionalized. People don't really talk like that, but it's still enjoyable. It's really it's witty and quippy. And there's, you know, some really good, like just terrible jokes that are and we'll get into this more later, but just really well delivered by Megan Fox. So, yeah, I I, I, I like Diablo's uh, style. Sebastian, do you? Yeah, I do. And I admit when I first saw it, and I certainly when I saw Juno, I think I did rub up against it a little bit. And I definitely had that people don't really talk that way kind of reaction. But what I like about it, and especially as it applies to this movie, is it sets up that these characters have relationships and they have their own little language and their own way of talking. I don't think you're supposed to take away from this, this is how teenagers talk. You're supposed to take away from it, this is how these teenagers talk. This is Mm -hmm. their language that they made up. And, you know, in high school, my friends and I had words for things that no normal person would understand and and like in jokes that no wouldn't be funny to anybody else but us. So they weren't as clever and as like on the nose sometimes as the stuff that Diablo Cody comes up with. But this is a fantasy first. You know, it's not a this isn't pretending to be real life. And so in this case, I feel that it really kind of works for me. And um, the more, you know, I've seen the movie and, you know, I know Rodney will mock me for this, for seeing the movie a bunch of times. <laughs> well, how, many, how many times have you seen it? Gosh, this movie, I'd probably have seen it 10 times at this point. I probably I mean, have we showed it for sure. We showed it for Friday Night Frights. We had Karen mm-hmm. Kusama out and everything. So the more I've seen it, the more I really have come to enjoy their sort of, 
in jokes and stuff, I start to feel like they're my friends and I get the joke, you know, it's like when you're first seeing it, you're like, I don't really get the joke. But then after you've hung out with them like a uh, 10 times, you're like, I get that joke now. For the record, I've seen it three times. I saw it once in theaters. Then like maybe like a year or two ago, I actually watched the unrated cut. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the theatrical cut again for the show. And I agree with you on the on the unrated. I, I was expecting there to be more gore or something, but it's literally just they like they took five minutes of extra footage. Yeah. And they just like and by extra footage, I mean like people like blinking and like saying <laughs> right. an extra line here or there. Yeah. yeah. And it almost like I was just like, are you kidding me? Like you couldn't put a little extra blood in this or something. But yeah, it's just a marketing gimmick. Yeah. I, I rant about this on on Pod Versagen all the time that like if you take a movie and you just if you actually removed a shot of someone getting killed, that would become the unrated edition. Right. People hear unrated and then think it means so violent and sexy that it, they couldn't even get an X rating or an NC-17. Yes. It just means that like. They didn't submit it for a rating. No, it's a shameless marketing gimmick, but I don't blame the filmmakers for that. That's the nah. movie studios. Well, I also just wanted to say that I, which I agreed with you, Seb, that I have watched it probably close to 10 times as well. I haven't kept track, but I've watched it a bunch. And we did note, because when we're doing this, we usually watch whatever film we're going to talk about. Um, we usually watch it once, like just like relaxed and, you know, just, just, enjoying it and then the second watch is usually more like taking notes and usually the second watch is pretty painful um just because it's like a film that you know we just watched and it's like oh okay like um like Dreamcatcher watching that like two days in a row was a lot however we both noted this when we were watching Jennifer's Body again we're like totally fine with watching this again it's a good time like it's just it's it's just a fun film if you like teen movies and you like comedy horror i think it's an it goes down pretty easy even if you're not in love with the movie it's not something that's painful to take in i i think it's the worst fucking movie ever made sebastian Um, okay. So we get the basic, uh, setup that these girls are friends. They've been friends since they were really young. Uh, Needy calls it sandbox love because we keep flashing back to the scene of them in the sandbox and, you know, sandbox love never dies, but it's, it's pretty clear even from the outset when Jennifer comes to visit, um, Needy's house with, and she's hanging out with her boyfriend, uh, Chip, who's played by Johnny Simmons, who I like a lot. He's also in um, Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. He's like a minor character in that. He's, oh, I, that's right. He's one yeah. of the band, bandmates, right? Yes. He's the one who takes over for Scott when Scott can't be in yeah. the band or whatever. Anyways, so I think he's a perfect sort of slightly dorky boyfriend, but he's still cool enough that you can believe that she'd actually be having sex with him. Jennifer shows up and they have their sort of back and forth rapport, but it's pretty clear that Jennifer's the one in charge. And there's kind of a nice moment where she they're play pushing each other and Jennifer like pushes needy too hard and she like slams against the door. Um, So I think I think that really effectively kind of sets up their dynamic in a really quick way. As I was watching it for this third time, I was trying to put my finger on what doesn't work. Like, what is the thing that is people are pushing against other than the dialogue. And I think, I think the answer is I don't really believe they're friends. Like there are moments, there are little moments of playful banter between them, but I, 
I don't really feel at any point in the film like these two girls are like best friends for life and they'd like fucking bleed for each other. Like it's really just Megan Fox bossing her around a lot and being like, come put on a different dress, come with me to the show, like stop being like, stop being such a sissy, right? And I think that is what drags the film down because it's not, it's not about friendship, even though it wishes it were. The movie wants you to believe so badly that like these two girls are only friends with each other. In fact, they never actually, to my knowledge, speak to a single other girl in the movie. I, well, being a female and have had different friendships throughout my life and experienced and witnessed other female friendships, I, I don't have a problem buying it. I hear what you're saying, Rodney. It doesn't seem like they're friends, but I also don't, I, I don't feel like for me, the movie's not telling me that they do like love each other. They have this weird um, intimacy and they have history, you know, from when they were friends with their kids, but it's like, I, I, I don't know. I've kind of witnessed this type of thing before where it's just like Jennifer is the type of girl who isn't going to have a lot of friends because she's just like. It just it feels like you're talking about yourself. In the I know. It's really weird. <laughs> Jennifer never really had a lot of friends, but then Jennifer <laughs> got on a podcast and now she has friends. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm going to just say Megan Fox because it's it's gonna it's gonna be confusing because yeah it sounds like sad me having a breakdown in the third person, um so Megan Fox is like the type of girl she's she, she's super hot we find out more about her history later but she's not gonna be someone who has a lot of girlfriends around especially anybody who could be somewhat competitive with what she's got going on that's that's why she's like comfortable with needy needy even says like you know when they're going out to melody lane like you know she had to be like particular about what she's wearing because you know boobs are jennifer's uh, yeah. megan fox's thing yeah so it's like well, I, and I definitely... they're also your thing too boobs are jennifer that's <laughs> <laughs> just it's just this is going to be a great running gag Let's yeah. just hammer this one in right into the ground. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with their dynamic. It's definitely like, you know, Jennifer always, uh, Megan Fox always gets her way. Needy's just kind of, you know, I mean, I think Needy actually had, we don't see her with anyone else, but I feel like she has more friends. At least she's like friends with Colin who we get introduced to later, or, you know, she has more kind of friendships going on where I think Jennifer's just Megan Fox is just, you know, kind of hooking up and like looking for whoever's going to make her feel like the super hot chick. But I, I, I find that hard to believe that that's my issue. And it's like a minor thing, but like, she's literally the hottest girl in school, right? At least that's what the movie is trying to convey. And usually like she would have like a, a click of other girls, right? Or all I'm saying is the movie doesn't really give you much in terms of other characters. It's just these two. And then like needy has a boyfriend. Right. Yeah. And like, obviously they're friends. Cause the movie says they're friends. And I get that like female dynamics in high school is something I might never know. And like, that's probably somewhat accurate because it's written by a woman who was a female in high school. Right. But as a movie and a story, I feel like you got to give me a moment where I really see how they actually care about each other for me to then care about you tearing it all apart. But the movie basically says, 
They once hung out in a sandbox, and now Megan Fox is a bitch to this girl every day, every every moment. And Needy just goes, "Yes, ma'am." And so I'm kind of like, "Well, I don't really give a fuck if you're like a possessed demon now." I think also, yeah. I mean, I see that, but I, I think also, and this is you know more to be revealed as the as the film goes on. But I I kind of feel like there's more going on there. I mean, like you know, I I know Needy likes Chip, you know, and I'm I but she's got real like even if it's just one-sided i feel like needy's definitely got deeper feelings for megan fox kind of romantic feelings as well i mean you kind of get a little bit of that when they're at melody lane and she you know the, the band starts playing and, she, and megan fox grabs her hand you know yeah. like there's 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 some you know there's some there's some stuff going on there and i think you're underselling yeah yeah we see that megan fox sort of playfully pushes her around but they do yeah. have moments i think of genuine affection you know, like Jen is saying in Melody Lane when they hold hands and she's not a bitch to her the whole time. I think that's overselling it. They they have a fun back and forth where she's definitely the one who's the boss for sure, yes. which to me is is something that reads true to life. I will agree with you that it's a little odd that we don't get any other friends other than this insular little group. I do feel like that dynamic is a little weird. But, yes. you know, I kind of think the movie is saying that dynamic is a little weird. That's fair. And I, I totally understand that it's like a codependent thing where, yes. where Jennifer enjoys being she, – she enjoys the validation she gets from Needy. And Needy likes being with the more popular girl who can sort of be her shield. I get that. I'm not saying it's like a total failure. I'm just saying there's something about it that bumps me and I'm bringing it up, right? Yeah. yeah. But I acknowledge their friends – they just have like a weird friendship. We can leave it at that. And so one of the first things we do see them do with their weird friendship is they go to a uh, club, quote unquote, which isn't really a club. It's like a local country bar or something called Melody Lane, which is great. And they go to see <laughs> so an indie band that is making the rounds through the rural areas, Low Shoulder. Now, I'm going to put it up here. Uh, I love a low shoulder. But before we get there, um, we get a quick cameo in Melody Lane. We see Diablo Cody just for like a second. She's like the bartender or something. And um, we're sort of walking through the crowd and Jennifer's saying hi to all these boys that like her. And one of the boys is this guy that she's having sort of a on and off again fling with is Chris Pratt. He's playing um, Roman. Roman, right? <laughs> and this is before Chris Pratt broke big. I don't even think he was on Parks and Rec yet at this point. Yeah, it's it's before it's before Parks and Rec. Right. So this is kind of his big screen debut, as far as I know. And he's doing Chris Pratt. He's very Chris Pratty, and yeah, he's a, a cadet. One weird thing about this character is that this is his only scene. And then, considering what happens next, we never really find out what happens to him. Does it ever? said that he died in the fire or anything no it's not said that he died in the fire but much later and uh, sorry to jump ahead much later in the in the movie when um it's you know brought up that you know uh needy is going to go to the police yeah, or something right megan fox does say like you know i've got the police in my pocket i'm fucking a cadet right 
So it's 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 implied that he's still alive. Yeah. I just took it to mean that he burned to death, but that's a good catch. (laughs) He's not in the movie anymore. They make a point of introducing this character, and then he's no longer in the movie. I assume he died. Yeah. But um, this brings us to Low Shoulder. Now I love this, and the reason why I love this is for two reasons. I was very sensitive to the indie rock movement at this time, (laughs) and I found a lot about it to be really disingenuous. You know, this sort of sensitive guy, emo rock thing where they really are all creeps. And this satire of an indie rock band, I think, is perfect. I love everything about them. (laughs) I love... Adam Brody as Nikolai, the lead guy, is so great. The whole performance is so like slimy, but in the perfect sort of sensitive slimy way. I love that they're all playing these sort of like as a guitar nerd, their equipment is all like pitch perfectly. Like they're playing like the low end models of guitars that we'll then see them later when they break big. Now they have the, the good versions. Like they took the time to really get all of that right. And just the sort of vibe of being a band, which I've been in a band and I've toured around dives and like, they just both Diablo and Karen Kusama, I think just really get this right. And not only that, but I really actually think the song through the trees even though it's sort of hammered in like so many times in so many different versions in the movie it's perfectly designed like that that is exactly what an indie band would come up with a like emo indie band would come up with it's actually hooky and good in a way that's really annoying like where you're like god this you would you would sort of like sing along to this and you'd hate yourself for it I, i'm with you i like them you know, uh, yeah, you you say Adam Brody, and I don't yet. Yeah, I don't know who that is. You know, like I know he's the lead singer of 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 the band in the movie, but like I don't think I'm familiar with him. He was in. Uh, he he sort of the got OC. the OC was his sort of uh, claim to fame, which I had not watched any of the OC no. at this point when I Never saw the movie. It. I did, I knew of him just because I would see his face and mentioned and like online or whatever, but I had never seen him in anything until this. He was recently in the Shazam. Did you see Shazam? Yeah. He played uh, the um, kid who, the handicapped kid, but when he became a superhero. Oh, He was okay. the Shazam version of the handicapped kid. And Rodney, he's in, um, did you see Ready or Not? Yeah, he's in that. Oh, he's, he's the a, brother, the drunk the, brother. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's great. He's a fun, fun presence. And yeah, we had never seen. I only knew of him. I think probably just from like watching TMZ or something back then that you know he was romantically linked with whoever. But I never. We we had not watched the OC, but I think it might have been after this, Sebastian, that we yeah. did did watch the OC, which. You know, it, I, I mean, I love soaps, so I, you know, it was it wasn't hard for me to get into. But he's he's like he's my favorite character on that show. He's yeah. he's just fun, and and I love Low Shoulder. Also, I I, I think Adam Brody is perfect as Nikolai. Um, and the song is yeah, it's just so like, it's it's just it's just perfect. Like if they had put out a Low Shoulder album to go with this movie, I would hundred percent. Got it. Yeah. And listen to the whole thing probably multiple times. I got to tell you, I, I love the part where they start to sing through the trees. Yeah. And it kind of, I remember being in the theater being like, hey, this is this is catchy. Yeah. And then the fire starts and the song gets interrupted. And I was kind of like disappointed. I was like, wait, I wanna, I'd want i like to hear the song. Luckily, you get to hear it like 10 more times in the so movie. Much yeah. more, different and so versions. many different versions. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's yeah it's so great and and also just to quickly comment on the music for the entire film i love it all because it's such like it's indie 1031 2009 yeah totally it's so it's so great it's like silver sun pickups um uh black kids there's like uh, like panic at the disco like all of these like it was just so a time and such a great time of that station because that station went away like right after that i think indy went away in like 2010 i believe mm-hmm. it just was off the air one day um but yeah the music throughout the whole film is is a delight it's just a, a happy time but um for our yeah, non-la no listeners uh indy 103 was a uh alternative sort of indie rock radio station that was popular in los angeles at the end of the 2000s and it was really good, was good and station. then one day it was one day it was just gone there's a few fun things that happen in this scene other than low shoulder uh they jennifer tries to get in good with um, nikolai by getting drinks for them um and she gets these hideous 9-11 red white and blue <laughs> shooters which look like the most vile drink that i've ever seen but i would totally drink them they're planning to sacrifice a virgin that's why they're in town and so they think that Jennifer, who does not look like a virgin, is in fact a virgin because, you know, in every town there's some girl that looks like a slut but really isn't. And there's a funny line where Needy overhears this. She tells Jennifer and Jennifer's like, I'm not even a backdoor virgin. Well, that's it. also you got to finish the joke because she goes, I'm not even a backdoor virgin anymore, thanks to Roman. She was like, and by the way, that really hurts. I couldn't even go to Flags the next day. I had to stay home and sit on a bag of peas. And it's just like the way she delivers the line yeah. is just, it's so, it's so great. These are the moments where I know, Rodney, you're, you're a little iffy on Megan Fox, but I mean, come on. you <laughs> Can you picture anybody delivering that better than Megan Fox? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> They're called actresses. <laughs> I think uh, I think Megan Fox does a good job, and the and the part is is written very well for her. It's just there are times where she's I, I don't know. It's just a bit much. It's all just a bit much, you know. Like 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 when she's trying to be sexy and she's like saying her sexy, you know, like let's play mommy and daddy shit. Like I don't know. Like look, there's a reason Megan Fox hasn't been nominated for an Oscar. Sure. Why she's not leading movies? Right. right? Let's not pretend that like. Megan Fox is this amazing actress. No, who no, no, no. Just can't get. She's not very good, but she does have some good delivery. Like her and Diablo Cody, I think make a good pairing. I'm only arguing that I think she's great in this movie. I'm not arguing that Megan Fox. And you know, I've seen the Transformers movies. She's not universally good, but here I feel like this is. I feel like this is her best moment. I've. I think this is her best film. I think she's like, I, I just, yeah, I, this really made me just like, just love her. I, I just was endeared to her and because of this film. I will say she shows up uh, in a later season of new girl. Mm-hmm. She becomes like a recurring character and she's pretty good in that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when she's best way to put it is like when she is being allowed to act and not being shown case showcase as like a really hot woman. Uh-huh. Right. I think, she subtlety is her friend mm-hmm. you know um so i have seen her and i saw her in some other smaller indie film and she's like you know fifth build and she was pretty good in that but as a lead role yeah she she does a good job in this i mean she's no adam brody who just kills it but you know i think she's pretty great so basically the uh bar catches on fire now this 
is kind of ballsy because I feel like this is very much inspired by the incident in Rhode Island that happened in like 2000 where the metal, the aging metal band, Great White burned down an entire club and killed like a hundred people inside. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this movie uses that even so soon after that incident is I think kind of ballsy because it was a super horrific incident. But yeah, it's kind of downplayed how horrifying it is in this movie Certainly in the theatrical, I feel like in the extended, you get a few more scenes of like stuff, fire falling on people and them screaming. It plays up the horror of this moment a little bit uh, more. But Jennifer and Needy get out while everybody's burning to death. And this is also a really great Adam Brody moment where he comes out out of the club and he's like, oh, man, I'm so upset. I, re- I really want to go to my my van. You guys like <laughs> Jennifer, you want to go to the van? And he's got a drink with her and she's kind of in shock and in days she doesn't know what's going on. And he's like shoving the drink into her her hand and making her drink and just he keeps talking about his cool van. I got to say, there's like 30 people in that bar, Max, and that bar is really small, like I don't understand how anybody burned to death in that, you know, like I understand how it happens in like a really crowded nightclub with like a thousand people. But when low shoulders are playing, there's like literally 15 people shoulder to shoulder swaying. And there's like six people playing pool, right? Uh huh. This scene, it just doesn't make any sense that anyone burns to death in this fire. I don't think that's ever occurred to me at all. <laughs> it didn't occur to me either. I, I, I'm I'm that kind of guy that's just sitting there and being like, "What are you talking?" Yeah, it's about? never occurred to me to nitpick <laughs> the fire. I mean, to me, they're they're referencing that great white incident. I mean, yeah, it. I mean, maybe they didn't want it to be so much like that incident that you're completely harv. <laughs> I mean, and let's we might as well talk about this now. And I think this is another thing about this movie that people chafed against is. The marketing really sold it as a horror movie, and yep. it's not oh, really a horror movie. No, I would it's say, a comedy. Right. I mean, obviously, comedy horror comedies are a horror thing. Horror comedy. Right, yeah. like Evil Dead and whatnot. But I even think this is further to the comedy side than something like Evil Dead or Cabin in the Woods even. It's really a comedy. This movie owes way more to, like, Heathers than it does to yeah. something like Evil Dead 2 you know, so I, I feel like that is a problem that people had with it. They're waiting for like the horror to start and it really never does. One, you know, caveat that I will make about this movie is I think the horror is the horror elements are the weakest thing about the movie. In my opinion, I don't think they're bad. I think by if you're a horror fan, you're used to sort of reducing your standards a lot of the time. And I think that it the horror elements are fine but they're certainly nothing special. I mean, you know. I, I agree with you. I, I do not think the strongest parts of the film are the, the horror elements at all. It's not, you know, it's not scary in any way. I don't feel. No. It's not um, not even really that suspenseful or gory. No. And, you know, some of the horror, like with, you know, when we get to, you know, what's happened to Jennifer I mean, initially, and not to skip ahead, like when she first comes back, like that's probably kind of one of the grossest scenes. Yeah. Um, but like as far as, you know, the the, the killings and whatnot, that's kind of CGE and it's, um, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I feel like the, the relationships 
between the the women or the, the young girls, whatever. Um, like that's kind of what's the strongest and the, the dialogue and the, the humor. I mean, there's just the, the humor is great. It's just it's I feel like that's the strongest. Well, yeah, and we can move on to that scene. Jennifer basically, Needy goes home and Jennifer shows up and Jennifer's clearly been messed up, but we don't know exactly what happens. We won't know what happens until later. And she sort of sneaks into Needy's house while Needy's talking to Chip. And then Jennifer goes to the uh, refrigerator. Well, first, uh, Jennifer sort of comes up to her and we see that Jennifer's, you know, got some scary kind of horror makeup on. And then... Jennifer goes to her fridge and starts eating um, uh, Needy's mom's Boston Market <laughs> food. And then, yeah, she pukes up and we get this sort of weird black exorcist goo with sort of CGI needles sticking out of it. For me, it's like, this is really hard. It's hard to describe because this movie is so weird. But like, Jennifer comes home, or first of all, I don't even know why she doesn't go home. She comes to Needy's house, right? Like, Again, doesn't Jennifer have like a family? Doesn't she like, like we never. She goes to Needy's house because she wants to eat her. She wants to kill somebody and eat them. But what you find out later is, but she already no. killed. The... No, she does oh, that, that happens after. after she leaves. She decides after. she can't kill Needy. I it see. actually okay. makes, see you're nitpicking something that makes perfect sense, Rodney. <laughs> she goes I... to Needy's house to kill and eat her. She wants to eat, ki kill her. I mean, she doesn't really know what she's doing, I take it. Right, she's a right. demon and she doesn't really know what's going on. She knows she needs to consume something. She almost consumes Needy, but then she doesn't. Look, I like the movie. I like no, it. No, you hate oh, it. You I, hate I, this movie? <laughs> and I'm going to explain Look, to you why you're wrong. This is this is a bad movie that I I enjoy. But it's not this a scene movie. is cool. It, it is a bad movie. It's a bad movie. good movie. No, no. It's a bad movie with some clever dialogue. That's what it is. <gasps> because it's it's like trying to be a comedy and it's trying to be a horror movie, but it's not really doing well at either one. And it's just really a bunch of snappy dialogue. I think dialogue. it's doing well as a comedy. I think it's doing well as a comedy. I disagree well. with you. It's doing better as a comedy. I'll say that. So, yeah, she throws up all over the floor. The CGI shit is really stupid looking. Yeah. Like, because you never come back to that, right? Like the movie, the movie is like, check out this black vomit that turns into spikes, but it's never really going to be discussed. No, it again. comes back at the end. But to your point, yeah. you're not wrong. You don't understand no. what that is or why it is. Or, you know, it's just obviously an exorcist riff or whatever. It's to tell you that she's possessed is how I take it. But I think also, um, it, yes, exorcist riff. But I think there's also, um, you know, as it comes up later, when um, Jennifer puts on one of uh, Needy's T-shirts, this is later on in the film, it's an Evil Dead shirt. And then I also noticed that there's an Evil Dead poster on the wall. So I feel like there's some nods to Evil Dead as well, just as far as like, you know, the gross yeah. possession-y type demon For stuff sure. that's going on. I also feel, by the way, I don't know if you guys see see this when you're watching it too. And I mean, Rodney, Rodney, you've only seen it three times. So I don't know if only the three times if you would have seen this. Clearly not but, enough. Uh, <laughs> I need to get seven more under seven my belt more before I can really and, appreciate it. And then we can really talk. We can get deep. <laughs> I really, when Jennifer shows up to Needy's after um, she, you know, comes to from, you know, the stuff that's happened to her, um, and Needy's like turning off the sink or something. And then, you know, Jennifer's right behind her. 
the way that she smiles, and this kind of goes throughout the film, she totally looks like Karen Black. Mm. Um, and Trilogy of Terror, the, the Zuni doll segment. Oh, yeah. The way she smiles, and there's even a scene later where she's like squatting like that, yeah. and it's just like, it's so, I'm like, it's it looks like Karen Black. So, I mean, I, I, I look, I think there's definitely horror appreciation that's going on. Um, the horror's just not well executed. I, I, I think the comedy's what's best. I think what, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about, right? Like, she comes in, and, like, the last thing Needy saw was Megan Fox was put in a van with, like, four strange dudes, right? Maybe there's five of them, I forget. And, no, there's four. And now she's come home, and she's covered in blood. Like, your first instinct would be, like, you were raped or, like, or attempted murder. But she basically says, like, are you okay? She doesn't offer to, like, call the police. She doesn't, like, offer to call the help. Not to mention there's, like, a fire that killed, like, a bunch of people, and, like, no one... Like, she didn't even bother to stick around and, like, talk to the cops. This shit starts getting on my nerves. And it's what I'm talking about, their friendship. Like, she just lets her walk out. You know, it's not like she came home dazed. She looks fucked up. No, she does try to... Needy does go to get her cell phone, her little flip phone. And she's going to call the police or call someone because Jennifer's messed up. And Jennifer throws her up against... Which, this also has, like, some... There's a couple of shots that are very Evil Dead reminiscent like the way she throws her up against the wall and puts her hand on the picture of needy and it's like bloody handprint goes down and then that's when she gets closer she's like are you scared you know so she she stops her from making that phone call you are right i was testing you (laughs) we're just poking holes in all your arguments your arguments are unraveling like a cheap suit let's go to the next scene Yeah, we go back to high school um, and, you know, all the kids are sort of reeling from the tragedy of the night before. J.K. Simmons shows up in a really kind of funny sort of extended cameo role as one of the teachers. He's wearing a wig and he's very un-J.K. Simmonsy because instead of a blustery, gruff guy, he's this sort of sensitive liberal teacher but with a hook for a hand which never plays into anything but i just appreciate that like funny detail he has like a big scar on his neck as well right. like he's but he's he even says he's like i've been through some stuff and he's very minnesotian the way he's yes. speaking you know it's like very um fargo-esque so yeah it's good to see him you know jennifer shows up and she's acting like she's Looks totally normal now, no blood. She's not messed up at all. And she's acting like nothing's wrong. They're in chemistry class and Needy is trying to talk to her and she just kind of keeps blowing her off and not wanting to talk about it. And Jennifer's just being extra mean. The teacher's saying something and, and she, you know, she's like, and we lost, you know, Senorita so-and-so who was the Spanish teacher. And she's like, oh, so-and-so bit it. You know, like she's just like really being like, I think even for Jennifer, she's kind of being extra obnoxious because yeah. she's feeling, she's feeling herself. Right. And we're sort of to take it that, you know, now Jennifer is sort of transitioning into, as it will be said later, not just high school evil, but real evil. You know, so Needy confides in her boyfriend, Chip, and, you know, he's kind of the skeptic of the story, sort of kindly dismissive of her. We meet um, Colin, played by Kyle Gallner, who we've all talked about oh. in the Nightmare on Elm Street oh, remake. Yeah. <laughs> um, Micro naps. This, Full he was, circle. He was in a lot of horror around this time. This was really his time to be a sort of unsung horror 
icon. Can I call him an icon? I think I will. Kyle Gallner, you're an it's your, icon. It's your show. <laughs> he is uh, playing an emo guy. You know, it's fun. They, they make emo jokes. In the extended cut, there's more emo humor. There's sort of the later on he's killed in his funeral. There's these emo kids that are his friends and they make a big scene. It's clearly, uh, Diablo Cody is taking aim at emo. I think that is kind of a big target here. I like that Chip is sort of like sees that needy thinks that Colin is cool. And he's kind of like, well, you know, I'm dark too, but I'm just not like a poser about it or anything that really endears me to chip. I could see myself saying something like that in high school. Cause I used to think that the, the, you know, it was goth in my day, not emo, but I used to think the goth kids were pretty cool, but I knew I couldn't pull off the look, you know, but I was dark, you know, I liked horror movies and dark music and I was dark too. And I wanted the cute goth girls to think I was cool, but they didn't. I think, um, so what's his character's name? Is it Colin? Colin, Colin. I think, I think Colin is really good or Kyle Kyle that's the actor right yeah. I think he's really good and I kind of wish he were in a bit more of the movie yeah. like I feel like it feels like again there's missing scenes of him earlier to be set up he just sort of shows I mean yeah there's this little moment where he talks to him the scene you're talking about it's just I don't know I liked him I again I, I stand by it that I like pretty much everyone in this movie JK Simmons is great too but I do like that moment because he's clearly it feels like he's hitting on Amanda Seyfried yeah and then Chip is kind of like he he's doing that like passive thing where he's like, I don't want to act like a macho asshole, but I also need to like sort of put him down after he walks away. Totally. So then after this, we get a scene where um, this football player, Jonas, is hanging out, um, sort of mourning the death of one of his football friends. He's out in the football field and we get this sort of heavy metal uh, music where Jennifer's sort of walking towards him across the football field. And it's, there's a funny moment because you see her coming in one direction and then suddenly she's like, hey, and she's coming in from the other direction. So she sort of seduces him because she wants to eat him. There's a funny line where she's like, yeah, I forget the name of the dead friend, but she's like, yeah, he said that you and I would make a really banging couple. And he's like, he said banging. <laughs> <laughs> But she sort of takes him into the woods. These animals come all all out to watch them making out. And there's this one reverse shot that I always notice when you've seen the movie as many times as I notice. I notice this giant mosquito lands on the, the poor actor, the football player's neck. Like this mosquito is huge. And I'm like, that poor guy probably got the blood sucked out of him during this this setup but yeah so uh jennifer kills him she does this sort of cgi mouth thing which is whatever and kills him i actually was just sitting here because as you were leading up to this i knew where we were going next and a giant um, mosquito (laughs) a giant (laughs) mosquito is noticeable every time um I also had the thought that we didn't, what's really hard is to watch this with Sebastian and then we have to like not talk about it. So we're always just like, we'll start to say something that's like, save it for the podcast. What I was just thinking about, and I was thinking, I'm kind of being like Rodney. I, I, I have, I have questions because we now know that Jennifer is feeling better because she did eat someone on the way home after she left Needy's. Yes. Or maybe we, well, we don't, know that yet for a fact that would we don't know that that's what happened what we would find out later she is full so to seek right so 
And then time goes on later where it's about a month passes right. before she needs to eat again. Yeah. So why is she eating Jonas? Because she just ate somebody the night before. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's just a plot thing so that we yeah. get a kill. We see her kill someone because we don't see... and this See isn't, her kill the other I person. I agree with you. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense in terms of the mythology they've Ology. set up for this demon. But I think they're trying to show us that she's killing people she's because killing we don't people. see the other person she yeah. ate until later. But yes. you're right. I agree with you. It doesn't really make sense that Jennifer would feed again. The movie does not do a good job of explaining how often she needs to feed. Yeah. I read online that it's supposed to be once a month to be like an inverse of like the menstrual the cycle. period. Yeah, oh, that makes okay. sense. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. But that's never stated. Like, put that in your fucking movie. Have someone say that. Because I'm with you, Jen. Like... It's at times it seems like she just literally the whole plot of the film is building to how she's going to go to the semi formal or whatever it is, the homecoming dance and eat everyone. She's just like, it's going to be a buffet. And I'm like, but she really only needs to eat one person a month. So, yeah, I think the problem the movie runs into, like, if you're going to do that idea where she only needs to feed once a month, then you're stretching your what is. So is everything that happens in the movie going to have to wait a month till it happens again? You know, you're sort of in a werewolf problem. I mean, at least with werewolf stories, the werewolf has three days to be a werewolf, you know, so you don't have to stretch the story out like then the next month, the next thing happened, you know. Yeah, but Sebastian, I'll answer. I'll fix this right now. (laughs) <laughs> as time goes on, she has to speed up her eating. Yeah. Right? Yes. That makes much more sense to my movie brain. Yeah. And I agree yeah. with both of you that it's not well, whatever the rules here are, they're not well established for sure. Also, who is that football player? Why have I not met him? He just like suddenly is in the movie. Yeah. And Jen- Jennifer's like, oh, hey, your friend died. And wasn't that sad? And then he she eats him. I'm like, man, I just feel like it would have been a little better if you had given me him in a scene at the top of the movie, right? Yeah. Well, we see his friend in the club. At the at the bar. Oh, yeah. that's all you need. That's right. all I need. Just <laughs> if sure. The best way to introduce me to your character is to introduce me to his friend at a bar in a different scene, right. obviously. I'll, I'll accept this criticism. <laughs> oh, I got one through. <laughs> I, and, you know, I don't mean, I, 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 I love, you know, I love the film, so I'm not trying to be critical. It just like, it's the way that the film is laid out because- you know, we're we're further in before we actually get the story as to what happened to Jennifer. Yes. Like, you know, it's like it's kind of like a, a mystery along the way is like something's going on. Right. People are dying, you know, like that's so why I, I, I don't it. think yeah. it bothers me when yeah. I first watch the movie because I'm not it no. only it's only the sort of thing that I think about until later when I'm trying to piece together the mythology while the movie's going. I feel like it's paced in the right way. Like, I feel like the kills are happening in the right time. But I agree. They don't line up in a timeline in a way that makes sense, really. Look, it didn't occur to me until my 10th watch. Yeah. Well, and I don't care because after she kills him, we get this sort of scene with um, Needy at her home and she's making fried bologna and we hear like low, low shoulder on the radio being interviewed. We get one scene of her mom who's played by the awesome Amy Sedaris does a great job in her one scene Wish she was in more of the movie. So if you're planning to level that criticism, Rodney, I will also (laughs) accept that. I'm not a big Amy Sedaris fan. I I, I don't care. Like I'm not saying I have anything against her. Like, 
give her an extra scene or take her scene away, I don't really care. But what I really like is Jonas's body is found, and then we see naked uh, Megan Fox swimming in a lake. Uh, really cool overhead shot. And the song she is swimming to is a song by the band The Sword. I'm a big fan of The Sword. They're sort of a stoner rock. Psych- would be the, Psychedelic stoner rock. St- they would, would be considered stoner metal or whatever. And the song is called Celestial Crown. I love this song. I had not. I was not a fan of the sword when I first saw this, even for the first few times I've seen it. But I saw it. I was like, I really love that song they play in that lake scene. And so I went and checked out the sword, and I'm now a big fan of this band. The more I come on the show, the more I realize that, Sebastian, when you see something you like, you quickly get rid of it. But if you don't like it, it's like a challenge. You're like, I'll keep consuming this over and over until it's no, my No, I do that with things I like too. But I don't talk <laughs> about them because um, it's it's not as interesting. But with the, with the things that I like that everybody else likes, there's two things that I'm not interested in talking about. I'm not talking about things that I hate and everybody else hates. That's boring to me. To sit around talking about stuff that we all agree sucks and we're just like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks – is boring, in my opinion, is a boring conversation. It's also a boring conversation on the other end to get together with a bunch of people and talk about something that we all agree is great. You know, like, I don't know, pick a movie, The Godfather. Like, do I want to have a conversation about The Godfather? No, because we'd all agree it's good and it's boring. Boring. What a boring movie. (laughs) Or whatever. Pick the movie. Pick some movie that everybody universally agrees on. I know these days it seems like nobody universally agrees on anything as a great movie. Terminator 3. I like Terminator 3 a lot. I know you do. I have no doubt. (laughs) It's actually one of my favorite Terminators. That's probably a future episode, isn't it? No, because it was a success. <laughs> I can't really justify that one. I could justify another Terminator movie, though, and it will. Anyways, <laughs> so. You know, I, I remember the the swimming in the lake because it's it's like it's it's such a well shot moment. And it's like the opening of the trailer as well. Right, right. That's yeah. But I legit don't remember the music playing. But after we are done here, I'm going to go listen to this song. Since you Do you like good. stoner rock? Do you like stoner metal? No, okay. so I guess we know how that's going to Well, be. yeah, but listen to the song, <laughs> Celestial Crown. Anyway, so there's a phone call between Jennifer and Needy. Jennifer wants to move on.org from talking about <laughs> the uh, fire and stuff, but Needy is still upset. We get a sort of, we see that Jennifer is not only killing people, but also getting sort of uh, Wolverine-like healing powers because she takes a, a lighter to her tongue and burns it, and then it sort of heals it reminds me um, actually kind of of uh, like Mean Girls as well because she's, you know, she's on the phone with, uh, they're on the phone together and um, Jennifer's just feeling herself like because she's, you know, she's full now. And so she's just like looking great, like her skin's sparkling and hair's, you know, luminescent. And then, yeah, she's lighting her tongue on fire and she's just, you know, just like, I feel great and da 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 And, you know, Needy's like, yeah, I'm still kind of, you know, bummed out about this horrible tragedy that happened, you know, where everybody died. And, um, and she's, you know, lighting her tongue. And then she's like, Jennifer says something like, you know, I am a God, you yeah. know, cause she's just, and then she gets another call and she's like, Oh, I got a call waiting. And she was just like, you know, X out. That's her thing. You know, they say it all the time, like X out needy. Cause yeah. she's going to take chips call or whatever. And it's just a fun little scene. Yeah. But again, it's not, it's not specific. 
there's nothing negative like on a scene by scene basis, right? In general. But I think this comes to another point that I have, which is that like this movie is it's clearly Needy's movie because she's the narrator and it's her story. Yes. But there's all these scenes that are with Jennifer, right? And it's weird because she's still Jennifer, right? She's still a human being that is like, like I think the movie's unclear on how much is she a human being that is possessed by a demon versus just fully the demon, right? Yeah. The reason I bring this up is because she doesn't she does not seem bothered by the fact that she is possessed. No. Nor does she seem like troubled after eating someone, right? No. But the movie also doesn't like it doesn't give you that moment where she accidentally cuts her arm and then watches it heal. Like it's weird how the movie keeps acting like it's like it's Jennifer's movie. It's even called Jennifer's body. But Jennifer is never portrayed with any dimension here. That's my problem. She just loves being possessed by a demon, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that makes a very uninteresting character. Like I think a much cooler version is the story of a girl who's grappling with it and you know, the more she fights it, the more she gives in. And then when she, when she feeds, she feels better. That's that's my problem with the whole movie is just Megan Fox being like so in love with being a demon and the movie insisting that I'm supposed to like her, but she's a demon. I don't think the movie is insisting that you're supposed to like her. The movie wants you to like needy. I understand what you're saying, but I also think what this movie is about is about female friendships, you know? And so... I don't think that we're meant to sort of fully understand Jennifer. Like we know we're needy is our audience surrogate character. We're seeing the story through her eyes. So, I mean, we have to see scenes with Jennifer doing stuff because she's the villain and, you know, it's the same thing in in any movie where you see most of the movie from the protagonist, but then you see some little scenes from the villain. So, you know what the villain is doing like it's not her movie it's needy's movie like you said and i think it's about this person processing their friendship with this other person who was never really that good of a person and at the end of the movie that's what she says to jennifer she's like you were never a good friend like i think that's what the movie's trying to tell you is that jennifer has always been the type of person that if she got possessed by a demon and it gave her superpowers she'd think it was cool and that she was always the type of person that kind of didn't give a shit about anybody but herself you know like that's who she is and that's why she makes the sort of ideal vessel for this thing you're not supposed to like her you're supposed to to see what needy thinks is cool about her but I don't think you're supposed to be like, I like Jennifer. Why? Like, it's not like a werewolf movie in that sense where you have a character that's struggling with it. I, I see what you're saying, but I just don't think this is that movie. This is the movie where it's about the girl who's friends with the werewolf and realizing that the werewolf was always a jerk, <laughs> even before she was a werewolf. And she does. And, and 100% Jennifer always sucked. So, like, she is totally going to lean into all of this and she's like gonna be into all the vanity of like feeling great and making herself look better but yeah to agree with what you said Sebastian it's like this one-sided friendship really where it's almost like when you have a friend who is kind of pining over a guy who doesn't treat her very well you know it's like but you know you don't know it's like you know there was the sandbox love or whatever you know it's like you don't you don't know how you know oh she you know she kind of seems like she's a jerk but you know it's like they're somehow like justifying that that they're different 
and, and other people can't see it. And that's what I think Needy's been doing for a long time because she even says that to kind of that kind of says that to Chip in the beginning. Well, Chip says it to her. She's like, Jennifer is terrible. Like he says right. it like, right. You know, right. He, it, it's the movie calls out the fact that Jennifer is not a good person. Right. But it's taking it take it's taking this is Needy's journey to right. figure that out. Yes. And it takes her being, you know, having to deal with her best friend who's now become a demon and all the terrible shit she's doing to finally be like. Oh yeah, she's just, she's not not the greatest. No, friend. she was always a shitty friend. You you've convinced me. You made a very good point. It's a very it's a very good argument. You're right. The whole movie is about Needy coming to terms with the fact that her, her friend is a bad person. Yes. Okay. Score. <laughs> yes. 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 This whole podcast would be worth it for this that's moment it. alone. We, we can just be done now because that that's all I ever needed. Is that why you had me back so many times? Just just to <laughs> just once. What? This, the po- there is no other goal of this podcast if for not to try to convince somebody not just necessarily you rodney but you are a perfect subject because you're the sweetest plum you're the sweetest plum <laughs> there's not even there aren't even listeners you just wanted to have a recording <laughs> yeah. of me admitting i'm wrong it's never never gonna go anywhere but here well congratulations awesome this is such a great moment um another good moment is the the love scene between um chip and needy chip tells her in school like hey i went to to what is it super target super target and got, and got some condoms and and so they go home while jennifer is seducing colin, colin comes and runs into them in the hall and basically asks out jennifer now, you know, if you want to talk about a, some, a scene that's not entirely believable, I, I feel like this one, like a guy like Colin wouldn't even try. I don't think he would even try for Jennifer in any real high school. Again, it's weird because like he was earlier hitting on Amanda Seyfried. Right. Right. So I got like, is he just, he literally just like any girl that's available? Yeah, he's just tr- like, you know, he's scatter shooting all over the place. Yeah, I guess, I guess it kind of worked. But like. Again, I just feel like the movie's missing a moment where we see that he's got the hots for for Megan Fox and he works up his courage or whatever. Because it kind of just like, you're right. He just walks up to her and he's like, hey, how will we go out? And look, I'll buy it. Like, I, like he, he decided today's the day. They say that they've, you know, they've been in classes together. Been having stuff. a good time in class. Yeah. Like she, well, she, she, they don't Megan show Fox, it. They tell it. But they, no, it's all Everyone screen. knows tell but don't show, right? Well, look, you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to make, you got to. Megan Fox says to him, "Like, can I borrow your English homework again, or something?" Because she, she she makes a joke about, well, not a joke, but she, it, it is a joke because she doesn't know what's going on with Hamlet. She's like, "Is Hamlet gonna fuck his mom or something like right. that?" You know. So then uh, he says, "Oh, we've been kind of you know having a good time in class or whatever." And I I find this to be like I'm cringing. I am like I'm I'm really feeling because I I like Kyle Gallner. Yeah. I like the character Colin, and I'm just like. Don't be like this to him, you know, because it's like he's he's kind of I mean, it's yeah, it's I hear what you're saying that maybe this would never happen anyway. But he's asking, you know, trying to ask her out and he's like, let's go see, you know, a movie. Let's go see uh, Rocky Horror. And she's like, I don't like boxing movies or whatever. It's It's an easy joke, but a good one. It is. It is. But it's also just like I'm 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 really feeling for Colin. I'm just like, oh, no, what are you doing? But what I love about this scene is then it, you know, so basically Jennifer is like whatever and walks away. But then Needy says that he's cool 
And then Jennifer's like, oh, you think he's cool? And that is like, I think makes this scene great. Well, yeah. And what that what that's doing and, and is because it's not like it's not that it's Needy's buy in that he's cool. It's like it's like, oh, Needy kind of likes him in a sense, you know, even though she has a boyfriend. But that's yeah. what makes him attractive. It's not like, you know, it's a different way of like you, I could say like, oh, yeah, this person's really cool. You should hang out or whatever. You know, it's yeah. not like that. But it's like, you know, Needy's like Colin's actually a lot of fun or whatever. And then she's like, oh, you think he's. You know, so it's it's like it's that competitive thing between girls. Right. Which I think there. obviously you're more qualified to speak to this. But I definitely remember this being a thing in high school. Oh, yeah. Among, you know, my women friends, one girl would like a guy and then her best friend would just suddenly decide she likes him. And even though like they'd have a thing going on, you know, and it would get into this weird thing where it seemed like they would just be going after the same guy because they're competing with each other. Yes. I mean, guys, I think do that, too. But it seems to be. It seemed to be a real thing in high school with women. It it is. But yeah, so then we get the scene with um where Jennifer is seducing Colin in this abandoned house while Chip and Needy are having sex or making sweet love, as I like to put it. Um, and their teen sex is really really great. So awkward. Yeah. But but like but like Amanda Seafried, I think this is a really good moment for her because like there's this overhead shot while Chip's on top of her and you see her face and she's got this look on her face that's like she's kind of excited to be doing it, but she's also like it's sort of awkward, but she's smiling and it's sweet. And you know what I mean? It's just it's very, very sweet. And, uh, it, uh, you know, I think she does a really good job in this scene. And um, so, yeah, they have this sort of awkward but sweet sex while uh, Jennifer is killing Colin. And um, then Needy starts to see blood dripping. She's having sort of a vision. Um, She sees blood dripping from the ceiling. She looks across the room and sees Jonas, the dead football player, and Jennifer, like you were saying, sitting next to him. Karen Black. Karen Black. And she starts screaming. And there's a funny moment where you get the shot of Chip's face because he thinks he's really... (laughs) He's really giving her, showing her a good time. It's a very cute expression Johnny Simmons has. Yes. He's like, oh. Ooh, I yeah. guess I'm doing this something right here. <laughs> good comedic moment. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I can probably see where Rodney's going to have a problem. Oh, I know where Rodney's going to have a problem with this. <laughs> Rodney's going to have a problem with this whole um, psychic connection that she has. With I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, spot on. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. So let's hear it. <laughs> I do want to say that I think this part is my favorite part of the movie. Like, I love the whole sequence where, sorry, Colin goes to the abandoned house where Megan Fox is. That whole scene where she seduces him and, like, slowly tears him apart. I don't know. Even though they kind of just show all that in the trailer, I thought that was really good. And the way that it's, like, intercut with Needy having sex, which... Is that supposed to be her first time? No, it's implied they've done it before. But they're still not... They don't know they're what they're still doing. figuring. I and mean, it's te- weird teenage awkwardness. Yeah. So all of that combined with the, the yeah, the part where like he thinks he's just really doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that this this is like the height of the movie. And it's also the moment when it's like most like a horror movie. But I have no idea why Needy is a, is suddenly seeing psychic visions of blood <laughs> coming from the ceiling and like why she's seeing a dead football guy. Like like it's so ham-fisted and has nothing to do with anything 
that, yes, I think that's stupid. And shame on you, Diablo Cody. You have an Oscar. You can do better. Like, she shouldn't have a psychic connection, especially if it if it's never going to be brought up again in the entire movie. It's brought up one more time later. When's but, it brought but, up again? But, however, first of all, Rodney, I do agree with you because it's like you're you're right. Rodney, you're right. This Thank comes, you. This comes, well, point I, back to me. It comes out of nowhere. And it's like, you know what? I just I love the film. So it's like I'm, I'm just like, it's fine. Whatever. I get what they're doing. But it doesn't. It, it doesn't, but she actually comes up twice. There's once uh, in the beginning where she's waiting for Jennifer to come pick her up to go to Melody Lane. And she's like, starts to kind of make out with Chip. And then all of a sudden she stops and she's like, Jennifer's here. And you don't, he, she doesn't hear right, her or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, that, but Chip goes, God, that's weird. You yeah, know, or whatever. Yeah. He makes a comment. Like, so she, I don't think Jennifer's like linked to her, but somehow Needy's like, so they get, they do drop that. And then um, one of the much later scenes that's coming down the pike with, um, with the dance, she um, all of a sudden realizes that the kids, Jennifer's trying to not sorry to jump ahead, but Jennifer's trying some shit with with Chip and and Needy realizes that like she like I think Jennifer might have kissed Chip or something, and she she feels it in some way, and she knows that that's how she knows to go after Chip. Yeah, because there's some sort of psychic thing there. So it 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 does come up again, but it's never. It's in there, but admittedly, it's pretty. It's, admit, it, it's, it's not weak. at all well defined yeah. or you know. I will accept that criticism while yeah. also saying that despite the fact that I agree with you, I wouldn't not want to have the scene be that way. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like fine. it's fine. I'd rather they just made up a whole subplot about how they were psychic or something, you know, but like, I would definitely like the way the scene is. And like, if you yeah. took that out of it, you wouldn't have the scene be the way it is. So right. you're right. But it works. Yes. But I, I like the way it is. <laughs> That's the whole point of the show. <laughs> <laughs> then Needy gets really upset and then she drives off f for some reason. Okay, oh, she's at Chip's house. So she mm -hmm. drives off to go, go home, I guess. Then Jennifer leaps onto the car in the middle of the road. And we get sort of a horror in the car moment. Hate it. I hate this part. Why is she <laughs> why is she like jumping on like she just finished eating, right? Like she's now at her maximum happiness. Why is she just like randomly jumping onto needy's car like why is she there at this random road in this random moment like it's so dumb it's so dumb it's just a, to have a horror scene yeah you know i know anytime that's the answer you've gone the wrong direction no, yeah I, well i, I think I, a I lot you. of these things can be explained by they knew they didn't really have a horror movie here but they knew they had to make it a horror movie so they put in horror stuff but the next scene's pretty good because uh -huh. um needy goes home goes to bed and then jennifer shows up in a, an evil dead shirt in her underwear and they have a hot makeout scene and this That's is right. where we basically uh get jennifer confesses that she's a monster and she's not conflicted about it and we get the flashback to what happened in the forest with low shoulder Again, it's a great scene because Adam uh, Brody just kills it. I love it when he asks asks the guy, <laughs> Dirk, <laughs> the bass player of the band, you know, like, you know, what do you want to keep working at the coffee shop or whatever? And, you know, don't you want to be like the guy in Maroon 5? And he's like, 
I want to be like the guy in Maroon Five. And then he and then he does my favorite part is he then looks to the other guys and he just does this silence of like, what the fuck? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like bass player. <laughs> and yeah, so then they sacrifice Jennifer while they're singing Tommy Two Tones. Tommy Two Tones eight six seven five three oh nine. You know, clever callback. I really, you know, I I think the the makeout is. I, I don't have any problem. I don't feel like that's just like gratuitous. Like let's see two girl, hot girls make out or whatever. I feel like I said I feel like their relationship is complicated. Yeah. And um and she even says like after Jennifer recounts what had happened to her and you know n- you know needy's this like get get out of here you know like she's completely freaked out by it um she's like oh come on let's see the night we can play boyfriend girlfriend like we used to you know and so yeah. there's 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 some like weird intimate stuff going on there but i love the the recount of what happened um i i love that i love that song i the tommy two-tone song and i think it's it's really like disturbing and fun at the same time because also that being my name and that was a, a song that kind of haunted me uh, mm-hmm. growing up <laughs> and now I've come to really appreciate it. But like, I, yeah, I can't even imagine like being in that position and you're going to be like brutally murdered. And like these guys are just, you know, singing this jaunty one hit wonder from the 80s. I, I but I, I think it's I think it's really fun. And then we also see that's a, a crucial moment because we see Adam Brody throw the, the knife into uh, the Bowie knife, by the way, which is like, it's, it's, he's like cool. nice murder weapon, yeah. it's like Bowie knife. And he throws it into the, the devil's kettle. Yeah. Um, what the weird, um, what is that? Uh, it's the like waterfall, a vortex or something. Vortex or whatever. Yeah. So we see him throw it in there. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, I think it's a great scene. And then we all, that's where we also find out, you know, she can't, she wakes up and she just, you know, said she just had to find her way back to needy, which we know she was going to come eat her. But she doesn't, and then she leaves there, and then she runs into poor um, Ahmad or Ahmed, Ahmed. The, the, the Ahmed, the Indian exchange student. Yeah. And I, I, I like that whole scene, that exchange, where she's like, oh, you got out. And he just nods. He's like, does anyone else know you're out? We'll go, we'll sort some things out. And it's like, that's the end of him. So, you know, does your host family know you're out? No. It's cool that you flash back and you finally get to see, like, what happened to cause her to become a demon, you know? It's like a weird minor note, but like, I don't get why they pick Jennifer to be their virgin. She is out of everyone at that bar, probably not the person I would assume is a virgin. And I know you're going to tell me that there's some line. There is. Where, yes. There is a line. Yeah. Where, where's the line? What was the it? lines at the beginning? Yeah, it's at in the bar. At the bar. The, the other guys question Nikolai's choice of her. They're like, well, her? Are you kidding? And right. she's like, and, and he's like, no, you don't get it. I grew up in one of these towns and that girl is always the virgin. She puts it out there like she's whatever, but really she's the secret virgin. And then the girls go like, then Jennifer goes along with it. And it's like, yeah, I am a virgin, even though she's not. So he's Nikolai's not supposed to be smart. He's a he's an idiot. He is, but Jennifer doesn't. I don't think Jennifer goes along because at first she Jennifer argues with Needy. She was like, "I'm not," you know, right. like she was kind of like, "I'm not." But when she's in the car, and I mean the van, and things start to get weird, yeah. Then um, that's when she was like, "No, I, I." She says, "Yeah, I know. I'm. I am a virgin." You because sh- she was like, "Oh," she says, "Are you guys a bunch of rapists? Yeah. Rapists?" She's like, "Are you guys a bunch of rapists?" And and they were like and she's like I'm not, I'm not a virgin uh no no I am a virgin she's like you should find somebody who's not a virgin I don't know how to do sex I've never done sex you know yeah. like so she's she's trying to like really sell it that she's a virgin 
thinking that she's going to get out of this, but it's making it worse for her. And these guys aren't smart. Right, but, but see, that's my point, right? Is like they are planning to abduct and murder a woman, right? Mm-hmm. And the person they pick is basically because like one dude in the band is like, oh, the hot girl is always not a virgin. Yeah. It's like a lot of times they're not a virgin, bro, right? And they've already like taken her in the van and they're already driving to murder her when they start asking about her being a virgin. Which I suppose if she had said, like, actually, I'm not a virgin. Needy tells them she's a virgin, too. Needy tells them. They don't ask her. They don't ask her if she's a virgin. They don't ask her if she's a virgin. Needy says she's a virgin in the club to the band. Needy thinks she's sticking up for Jennifer by telling them that that she's a virgin. So they get confirmation from Needy that Jennifer's a virgin. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. This movie is flawless. It's so well written. They should have given her the Oscar Well, if twice. you're going to make criticisms, then try to criticize things that aren't in the movie, not things that you didn't catch. Against people that have seen it 10 times. We know, Rodney. <laughs> okay, then answer me this. If they fuck up the ritual and she's not a virgin, yes. then how come they become successful? Why does it work? Because that that's in the next scene where Needy starts doing all her occult research that she actually reads that it's in one of the books and it's like if they fuck up the ritual they still get whatever they're doing they get whatever they wanted from it the band still gets to be famous but instead of just being sacrificed and killed as what would happen if you're a virgin now the demon has gone into the sacrificed person so now that there's there's the the, the demon was not that wasn't supposed to happen no i know i don't know if it actually if they actually say the band gets whatever they want Isn't yes that they just, do that, they do so then all right all right what a dumb fucking ritual you just <laughs> you just kill anyone look like, i've read a lot of st- demonic sacrifice rituals and this is really what happens <laughs> It doesn't feel well-researched, Sebastian. No, but it's right? from, from the flashback, which is also great, is uh, Adam Brody pulls out of his back pocket, like, the ritual that he printed off of the internet. Yeah. Like, it's totally <laughs> I do love janky, that. That is you know? Really like, so, whatever. They, so they still get what they want, but now they've got this this demon transference that's gone into the, the, the non-virgin. Well, and I also, th- okay, uh, first, I also think that the reason why the movie is more of a comedy, like, the, this is movies playing more by comedy comedy rules than horror rules why does crossing the streams and ghostbusters fucking mean anything because they tell you it means something this is the way comedies operate it's not the way horror movies i think people are chafe up against things in this movie because it's a horror movie would probably try to explain more of this or that or the other but because this is setting up mainly humor you know they want things to be funny right but that's i think that's you're hitting on a really important thing that's the problem when you play let's let's mix the genres right right? yeah because this movie is a lot of comedy but there's a lot of horror like it's not a goofy demon. She's a scary demon. Right. She's tearing people apart, right? Yeah. The movie's intentionally trying to be scary. Yeah. And so you now have created a stew where you're like, it's horror rules, but it's also comedy rules. Right. And that's that's kind of, eh, you know. It's a hard thing to, to traverse gracefully. I, I agree. Yeah. I want to watch uh, Diablo Cody. I want her to make a movie about the band Low Shoulder just bumbling through satanic rituals. <laughs> I'd watch it. That would it. be a great movie. I'm here for it. Let's make that happen. All right. Well, so let's move on. We don't really don't have much more to talk about. Um, we're, we're leading up into the big climax. Now, here's one of my sort of issues with the movie. The, the, the movie sort of sets up 
that this climax is all going to sort of take place at this dance a la Carrie or whatever. And on one hand, really the climax does not take place at the dance. The dance almost becomes this sort of uh, red herring event because Low Shoulder is going to play at the dance, which is great because they, when they do play, all like I said, all of their equipment has clearly been upgraded. <laughs> Meanwhile, Needy and Needy is broken up with Chip because she knows that um, Jennifer has basically hinted that she's going to she's got the thing for Chip now. So Needy breaks up with Chip before the dance, and he's all broken up about it because he was planning this romantic corsage and everything. But Needy's going to go to the dance to make sure that Jennifer doesn't kill anybody. But what happens is that uh, Chip is cutting through the park on the way to the dance, which he always does. And Jennifer is there and she basically tells him that Colin and Needy were porking and convinces him uh, that Needy's been cheating on him and then sort of seduces him to a abandoned community pool or something which is never established in the movie like so this this location where basically the climax takes place we've never seen it before like there nobody ever is like oh the creepy old abandoned pool like okay i'm not from the the northern midwest is this something that exists there like indoor pools that are community pools is this a thing? It's actually a it's actually a big part of their culture, and it's kind of offensive if you to <laughs> put it down. Abandoned pools are 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 how they express themselves. Well, Josh right? Miller would know the answer to this because he's from Minnesota. But yeah, it's not something I was ever aware of, and I grew up in a pretty cold place, so it's it's so weird that you can win an Academy Award but not know that like if you're gonna have a abandoned pool house at the end of your movie, you should just have someone mention it. Or anything. In defense of Diablo Cody, this feels like something that happened in production where they yeah, just it does. needed a location and like they changed something in the script or or they felt like probably my feeling is it was all going to go down at the dance or whatever, but like, hello, that's just Carrie. You know what I mean? Like th- this is a problem with any high school horror movie is where are you going to have your climax oh, it's going to be at some sort of dance. And if you're doing that, all anyone is ever going to think about is Carrie. So you're kind of in a, between a rock and a hard place, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what could have been done differently, but this is, yeah, it's like, it's the climax and it's probably my least favorite scene in the film. One thing to mention when Chip is leaving his house is his mom makes him take the pepper spray, the pink panic, yeah. Because um, boys are being attacked, which I, I love that. And I love his mom. It's uh, I think her name is Cynthia Cynthia Stevenson. Stevenson. She's in a yeah. ton of stuff. She's like a mom yeah. in everything. Like. No, she's. I think she's in um, the Holly Hunter film I like a lot, The Home for the Holidays. Uh-huh. I believe that's her sister in it. And she's just, she's just always a great, like she's never really the lead that I've seen, but no. she's always a, a great addition. I chafe mostly just with the setting of it. I mean, I, it's a cool, once they get into the pool house, it's cool. It's like lit all cool. And there's like, creepy vines Vines. and stuff growing out and the the water's all gross. So, I mean, it's like as a location, just, you know, divorced from the story, I like it, but it just is never established in the story and it just comes out of nowhere. Suddenly they're in this place. And like, why does Needy even know to look for them there? Because she's psychically connected. Yeah, she's psychic, bro. They set that up earlier. uh, Duh, come on. (laughs) Weren't you paying attention? I was. She's at the dance and that's when all of a sudden she 
she, she feel, I think she feels like because she's connected to Jennifer or whatever. <laughs> she feels Chip kissing her or whatever. She knows Chip is in danger. So she takes off. One thing I do like about her going to um, the creepy abandoned pool house that's never been mentioned before is um, she's running like running through the, you know, the woods or whatever in this, this ridiculous taffeta dress and her hair. And just the way it's shot, it really feels kind of like a fairy tale to me. Like uh-huh. it feels like something I like grim fairy tale or something like that just because of her look and it's dark and, you know, the way that she's she's going to this location that hasn't been mentioned before. So I, I do I do think that's just the, I like the way that looks. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a kind of, you know, kind of a weak way of getting her there and how she knows where to go. But once they're there and they have their sort of face off in this pool room, I do like kind of the way things play out. Um, Jennifer is attacking Chip and basically mortally wounding him with a, a like by tearing out a piece of his neck. And then, you know, Needy shows up and sort of to, to fight her and like Jennifer rises out of the pool and is hovering and Needy's like, it's not, she's not even flying. It's just, she's just hovering. And then Jennifer's like, thanks for undermining me yet again, Needy. There's some good dialogue there. It's because, well, because Chip says, oh my God, she can fly. And she's, and that's when she's like, yeah. she's not flying. She's just hovering. Yeah. And she's like, you have to undermine everything I do. Yeah. You know, which is, it's, it's, there's some really good zingers there. And then, you know, they're, they're having words and that's when we're finding that that's when I think, you know, needy finally says like you were, that's when she says, uh, to Jennifer, Oh, that's when you were relevant. Right. Like two years when you were the snow queen. Snow queen. Oh yeah. That's what, yeah. Cause yeah. Jennifer says I was the snow queen and she's like, yeah, like two years ago when you were socially relevant (laughs) and, um, and she, and she's like, and you didn't have to take laxatives to stay skinny. Like it's really just like good. This is how, this is how girls fight. Like, this is yeah. what I'm, I'm sorry. This is what we do. It's like you got guys for, and I don't mean to generalize, but you just, you guys get things out in the open more early on. Um, or you also have a way of like, just, I don't know. It doesn't get to like girls, especially at this age, I would say, I mean, I hope we, you know, evolve past this, but that's how like there's stuff that we just hold in. And then when it all comes to this, it's like, where does we go for the jugular? And we're just like, you know, it's just all the the super, like the meanest stuff you can say comes out. And so I feel like that's, that is really accurate is, is their whole like zingers that are just going back and forth. And, and then that, then Chip comes out of the pool yeah, and uh, with the, the, I think it's a, the, the skimmer or whatever, right? For yeah. The pool. And because, well, we also did kind of not, we talked about the occult research, but Needy did discover that the only way to kill a demon is to stab them in the heart. Yeah. So Chip gets her, like skewers her, but it's not in her heart. It's like in her gut. Yeah. And then I I do think this gore was pretty good. Like when they're like pulling that out, that's really like cringy, you know, and pulling that, that out from her and she's pulling it out. And then she, the, 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 the dialogue here is this like, as well this is when she's like you got a tampon she's like thought you might be plugging and it's just like it's so it just works like i don't i don't know if if, if anyone but megan fox was saying it if it would just it's just her delivery and it's the line and it's just i don't know i'm i'm here for it so yeah they're they're i, I maybe i'm being a little too critical of the the creepy abandoned pool house because there there is some good dialogue and and some good gore that happens there 
I'm going to tell you what bugs me about this scene. And it's that up until now, every time she murders someone, she like tears them apart. Like she's a fucking like rabid Fox, a rabid Megan Fox. (laughs) (laughs) I win. We're done here. (laughs) (laughs) But for some reason with chip, she's like slowly drinking him like a vampire. And he's just like passively leaning against the pool. It's staged really weird. And again, it's one of those things that has to happen so that he can then stay alive to stab her with the pool thing, the pool cleaner. And that just bugs the shit out of me because that's not what has been set up. Like, why? Because they need to have a moment, you know? (laughs) Exactly. That's my problem. I hate when movies need to have a thing. (laughs) If you need to have it, then fucking build to it correctly. Like, stop stop just putting it in because you need it now. I also think that you could make an argument that Jennifer is intentionally not just tearing him apart because she wants to throw it in Needy's face. I think that you're not taking into consideration the psychology of this fight that's going on between the two women. It's not all about just killing Chip. It's about rubbing it in Needy's face. You know, it's the pettiness of it's it. The pettiness it's the pettiness. Yeah, that is that is the uh, yeah, you're right. That is the pettiness. OK. If you're going to tell me that she like psychically sent out a message <laughs> to Needy to be like, we I'm already in the old gave you that house. point, Rodney. You already got the psychic message. <laughs> you point. got the psychic. Point. We agree. Rodney was That's right. weak. No one's arguing. The dialogue's all all witty and good. Like you're right. Like every line that's uttered in this final scene is pretty great. Like it's a it's fun. It's also as a climax kind of a letdown because like it right. I agree. But then it's it's I also agree. not the climax. Right. The real climax comes in the next scene where you know. Oh wait, Chip dies. Did you say Chip dies? Yeah, Chip dies. They you know they have a sweet little exchange, but Chip dies. And then, so Needy goes on a path to revenge. Um, in the extended, we see her just sort of suiting up and stuff. I don't think that happens in the theatrical It doesn't version. happen in the theatrical. You get a little suit up scene in the extended. Um, so then we get the scene that we saw in the beginning where Jennifer's in bed, like sucking on some of her hair or something, right? And watching that really ridiculous uh, guy. It's with Tony Little. Tony Little. Steel. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know who he is, but you do. <laughs> I do. And so, yeah, Needy breaks in with the box cutter and her and Jennifer fight. They do this thing where they're they're hovering in the bed and like flipping over. It's pretty cool. What I do like in this scene is it goes to this sort of slow motion segment where Needy sees the BFF heart friend, like necklace on Jennifer and like rips it off. And it's actually a really cool shot. When you see the necklace hit the floor, it does this like spiral. I'm sure it just happened in the set. And they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe we we got that so well. And then, you know, Jennifer's falling in slow motion as Needy's falling on top of her. And uh, Needy lands the box cutter um, right into Jennifer's chest. Well, there's there's two there's two good lines. One was when she has the box cutter, Jennifer says to Needy, like, do you get all your weapons at Home, Home Depot? Depot yeah. You're like, that's so butch, yeah. which is it was really funny. But then when, yeah, so the Jesus dabs her in the heart with the box cutter and Jennifer, it's just, it's so great. She's just, just like her last words, my tit. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's your heart. You know, and it's like, that's it. It's my tit. Anyway, Pretty good last line for a villain character. And, and believable, like totally believable that that's what this character would, you know, 
think of. And I like that the movie, like, basically this ends with, like, the mom coming in and seeing this horrible yeah. murder. The mom we've never seen. Needy is a horrifying <laughs> murderer. The mom we've never seen, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of a letdown. Like, like she's a fucking demon. Like, why is she even a match for, like, some high school student? I think the floating and flipping around above the bed is cheesy. Like, I just... This whole last part feels like it was a different ending. Like, it feels like they screen tested an original ending and people hated it and they reshot this. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like, obviously, that probably isn't true because she obviously has to go to the insane asylum and this is why she's there or the mental hospital rather. But like, I don't know. It just comes down to I don't like it. Like, I just don't. And this probably falls under the what you're going to argue that like, because it's a comedy, it doesn't have to have a climax. But like, this whole movie, I've been watching a movie about a demon girl that eats people. And like, this is the big conf confrontation. And she like climbs in her window and they flip around in the air and she stabs her in the tit and then she dies. Like, that's the movie. That's the ending of the movie. Nah, bro. Let down. Big let down. But I think because she didn't get to finish eating Chip, I think we're supposed to. Well, and she was also stabbed through the. She was stabbed with. Well, thing. stabbed in the stomach, sure. But I mean, she can heal from that. But but she's not healing from it as well because she didn't get full, like completely full. When she's full, like all we, we established, like she can you know cut her arm or light her tongue on fire or whatever. But she didn't get to finish eating Chip because she was interrupted by Needy or whatever. So I think because she doesn't look as good. Also, when she's she's you know lying on the bed and she's going through her yeah. yearbook and writing "yum," which is also funny, like next to people's faces <laughs> in her yearbook. But she looks kind of like she does at that one point where she like, and Needy brings this up. She's like, you know, if she hasn't eaten when she tries to tell Chip what's going on, and Chip thinks she's nuts. She's like, you know, Jennifer's evil. That's the line. You know, not high school evil. She's really evil. If she's she's feeding on boys and when she's full, she looks great and she's in, you know, she's a good mood and blah, blah, blah. But when she hasn't eaten, she, that's when she's, you know, her skin breaks out and she just is kind of not like she's like she looks ugly for her. Like it's still Jennifer, you know, so she's still hot, but she's just not as good looking. And then in the occult research, that was what she had found out, like, you know, you, the best time to kill them is when they're weakest. So yeah. it's 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 all very I, I agree with you, Rodney. Like it's all like Yeah, I'll split the difference. Like I agree it's not the most spectacular climax. Yeah. But I think the movie sets it up fine that this is like I don't think that like I'm not with you on the oh why can she kill her? Because I think the movie sets up enough explanation as to why she's weakened and can be killed at this moment. I agree. Your larger they, criticism, your bigger note I'll take, which is it's not the most exciting climax. It's just not very exciting. I That's agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you, Rodney. Like, I just kind of, like, look, part of it is how much of this is me as a moviegoer who's seen a million movies, like, fighting against what I want to happen in a story. Because what I want to have happen is I want Needy to find out her friend is a demon, and she does research, and she makes a plan to stop her friend. Right. But that's not what happens in this movie. She reads some shit and then basically like her boyfriend gets kidnapped. Her boyfriend stabs her and then she gets a box cutter and breaks into her house and stabs her. Like that's not, there's no outsmarting Jennifer. I think that's the thing that bugs me. She doesn't outsmart her. She mm -hmm. just fucking breaks in and stabs her like a fucking creep. Right. <laughs> and, and I guess that's how every fucking vampire film ends, right? They, yeah. they don't outsmart the vampire. They just break into their they house and fucking stab them. them. Yeah. <laughs> Which now kind of makes vampire hunters seem like creeps. <laughs> 
Okay, so she she stabs her and she wins. And then I do love that her mom comes in and, and like yeah. from her perspective, Needy <laughs> just murdered her daughter. That's and she really like great. pulls the box cutter out of her. Is like laying there. Yeah. Just... <laughs> so yeah, then we get our basically our denouement where we we go back to the asylum. We find out that Needy one of the side effects of killing a demon. Oh, because she's been bitten by uh, Jennifer bites her. Yeah, that Jennifer happens bites when her when they're rolling around in mm-hmm. bed. She takes a chunk out of her. Yeah. yeah. So she's got now some, you know, she says she's got some of her powers so she can float in the air. She's floating in the asylum and she breaks out of the asylum and is going to go after low shoulder. Um, She's walking on the side of the road and she gets picked up by a a really creepy Lance Henriksen, (laughs) one of my favorite character actors of all time. And then uh, the movie's over and to some whole song, I forget the the song. um, Violet. Violet. Uh, we sort of see, you know, these this montage of like snapshots of Polaroids and stuff of of low shoulder partying, and then it changes to um, blondies in the flesh, and we see that uh, Needy has stalked them to their hotel room and has murdered them. That's how it ends. I'm glad it comes back to you know, low shoulder. And I mean, I, I think at that, you know, the point of the film's gone on long enough at this point. So it's kind of, you know, a, a clever way of, of wrapping it up. She does also say Rodney. And again, this is just like, as you had said, you know, why is she, like needy had been such like a, a good person before? Why is she such a jerk now? But she does mention, um, I think when we're doing the dialogue at back at the asylum that she, talks about um, getting some of the powers from the demon. She's like, I'm a different person now. She was like, now I, I swear, yeah. you know, and, and she says these things because like before she wouldn't even like say any, like she was like, gosh, darn it. And like all, you know, like really kind of um, wholesome, I guess would be in that, I guess would be the right term. Yeah. But um, so yeah, this demon bite apparently has made her a little bit, of a you know a badass jerk sort of but like i mean I, I guess i'm okay with it because it made jennifer go way over the top because she already was an asshole so um yeah i don't know i'm 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 fine with how it wraps up uh, more low shoulder is always a good thing look i i love the whole like ending credits thing where she she hunts down the band and yeah. kills them like i think that's really cool i'm really not okay with demon bite gives you demon powers because like <laughs> Dude, what are you fucking talking about? That hasn't happened at all in this movie. It's been not discussed at all. It's just like, oh, yeah, but it's like, those are zombie rules. Those are vampire. It's a demon. Like, you don't get, I don't know. I understand it's a movie, and who am I to say? Maybe that is exactly what happens, right? But it just bugs the fuck out of me. Are you the guy that says, like, zombies don't do that in zombie movies where they break zombie rules? Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) Zombies don't do that. (laughs) Vampires don't do that. I like, like at a certain point though, you're entering Goofy Land. That's my problem, right? Is that it is too late at the with one minute left in your movie to establish new rules. If they had cleverly somehow put it in there, like if I were to go back and pause the movie on the the occult page. And somewhere on the page, it says they say that a demon bite will grant you powers. And then they cut back to it. Then I go, oh, it was there the whole time. But it's just some fucking nonsense at the end. So she can float out and escape the asylum. Like, 
why even have her be in the asylum? Well, right? and like, to why kill we... a whole band, I think is sort of. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, like, like, look, you had me on to tell you my opinion. And my opinion is I think that's fucking stupid. That's dumb. Fair enough. Fair Obviously, enough. if the devil bites you, you get devil powers. Well, mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> I mean, I go around trying to get bitten by demons all the time. So I will get demon powers. With my devil powers. It hasn't worked is that, out yet. Is this, is this movie the thing that started that trend for you, yes. Sebastian? Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah, I've been doing this since 2009. <laughs> Do you ask them to bite you first or ask if they're a demon? A bite first. Okay. The demon Will part. you bite me? I mean, it's rude to just ask somebody if they're a demon. <laughs> After they bite you, you're like, by the way, are you a demon? Well, you've you've got a bond then. You know, you've gotten a little closer at that point. You can you can ask the the intimate questions, are you a demon? You know, again, I'm gonna say that like, look, I can have criticisms of the movie and I can think it's kind of dumb, but I also can enjoy it and I do. Like th- again, this is like this is my third time watching it and I enjoyed it. And if a year from now you guys want to sit down and watch it again, you know what? I'd watch it again. It's fun. It's a fun movie and people should watch it. But I also get why people really don't like this movie. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, well, yeah, why don't you say your – why do you think that this failed to find the audience? Because it doesn't stick to standard demon transference rules, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they, they fucking messed with – that's important to people, man. The demon stickler uh, percentage of demographic – the demon graphic. You know how many approve. people walked out of the theater on opening weekend and said – that's not how demons work. <laughs> I honestly, here's the thing I don't understand. I understand. I could understand why this movie might have like bad word of mouth or bad critic scores, but I'm not sure why it didn't have like a really big opening weekend, you yeah. know, because it did start. I, I guess the, 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 the issue is it's rated R. So you're like, it's a, it's a, it's a rated R movie, but it seems to be geared at high school girls. Right. Right. And you basically have prevented all high school girls from seeing your movie by being rated R. And I do think that that like it's like a feathered fish, you know, it's like it's a kind of a horror movie and it's kind of a comedy. Yeah, that is very off putting to people. Yeah, I, I agree with what Rodney just said. It's like, who are you marketing this to? And, and, and when you are making it rated R and if you are trying to get teenagers in there, they can't even see it. So. Yeah, I just I, I think unfortunately it just you know it's it's something that people have come to discover and you know I think have come to like over time, but initially it just yeah it didn't it didn't hit the mark. I actually have a counter opinion to you guys. Um, I I don't think that the reason it failed was because it's neither fish nor fowl. I don't think the reason it failed is because it's a horror movie marketed to girls because I actually think girls like horror movies. I, you know, whenever I think it's actually kind of an easy sell to make a horror movie because I mean, you know, the traditional idea of who goes to see horror movies is is that it's teenagers and like teenage boys want to take teenage girls to see horror movies so they can make out basically or whatever. And if you sort of make a horror movie that's geared even more towards girls where they want to see it too, then, you know, that should actually be a winning formula. I think this movie failed because I think Megan Fox was at a point where people didn't want to see her in the movies. I think she had been sort of an it girl for too long. And I think people were just like, 
Megan Fox. I don't want to see Megan Fox in a, in this movie. I think, I think there were, there, there was a backlash going on. And, and I think that, and I think a lot of women were sort of against seeing Megan Fox, you know, they were sick of their boyfriends ogling her in Maxim magazine. You know how, like, I feel like sex symbols have a shelf life and that they're at a certain point in their shelf life, people turn on them. And at that point, they either reinvent themselves in some interesting way, like I think Robert Pattinson has done recently, or they kind of flame out. But I think there's a moment where they are kind of toxic. And I think, unfortunately, whenever that moment was, it was the moment that this movie came out. I think that's why people didn't go to see it in the theaters initially. I think they were like, ugh, Megan Fox. And then... I think people had a mixed reaction. The people who did see it had a mixed reaction to it because it's neither fish nor fowl. So I think the horror fans were like, that wasn't horror enough for me. They didn't play by demon rules, whatever, you know, that sucked. And, you know, they went right on the Chud message board and told all their, their friends that it's like, I mean, I remember seeing horror people that I knew online, reading what other people were saying about it and being like, all right, well then I'm not going to see it. And then months later, when it finally came out on video, they were like, hey, this was actually pretty good. Why would you guys tell me not to see this? You know, kind of thing. I also think that Diablo Cody had had her moment with Juno. And then, you know, I think I'm sorry, but I think like male horror fans can be a little defensive and I don't want to say misogynist, but they can kind of be that too sometimes. And I think they're like, fuck Diablo Cody, you know, stick to making movies about pregnant girls don't try to make horror movies. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I do think there was a bit of that attitude. I saw some of that attitude from guys, you know, like, you know, Tarantino makes a horror movie. I'm going to see that, but not this Diablo Cody. I think there was a lot of that. And, and, and it's not a perfect movie as much as, you know, I, I, I love it. Obviously Jennifer loves it. Even Rodney seems to like it somewhat with some, heavy caveats but like you know it's not perfect it's not the kind of thing that people would be coming out of the theater just raving about but i mean like you know we saw that happen to other really good horror like horror comedies like cabin in the woods with that's a tentpole trauma that movie tanked and but you know yeah. most people really liked it you know so i love it you know maybe horror comedy really is just the problem too. It's just that it's not a genre people are that really into. I, I really think that's it. I mean, there are exceptions to every rule, you know, like I'll point to zombie land, obviously, but like, which was the like, same you, time you, as this movie, same year. And that was a huge hit, but you know what it is? It's like those movies make it clear in their marketing that yeah. they are comedies, right? Like you, you go there cause you're like, this will be a good time. I think Jennifer's body, like, cause again, I just watched the trailer again it really is like trying to sell it like this is a horror movie. It's like a horror movie. And I think there's like one or two witty lines in the thing. And then you go to the movie and the first thing you're hit with is just overwhelming amounts of Diablo Cody dialogue. And you're like, okay, I, I guess that makes sense. This is from the writer of Juno. But then on top of that, there's just not a lot of horror in the movie. Yeah. And I think that's a deadly combination mixed with the trailer they gave. Plus the R rating. Plus you're right, Sebastian. There are a lot of bros who are just like, too many women, like woman director, woman writer, yeah. all women cast, pass. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make it like a thing where it's like, it's, this is all about misogyny, because I don't think it is. I think it's maybe 
a little element in there, but not, you know, I don't think that's ultimately what, what was the problem, but I, I did definitely sensed it from people in forums and whatever. I think it's a lot of things. I think it's uh, what both of you are saying is true. I think, I, I think you touched on something, Sebastian, that's really like important and I've seen it happen many of times as well. I've seen it happen with, um, with a lot of women, how they like a lot of women hate ScarJo. Right. You know, and I'm like, what? I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get I, I just I don't get get why that is a thing. Right. But I could see that happening. Um, she just you know, annoys with, me. That's what you yeah. hear from women a lot. Yeah. Like when women yeah, like, decide okay. they don't like like a clearly talented and attractive actress. It's she just annoys me. Right. I don't and know. I mean, she just annoys me. No, and there's, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's, there's, you know, people that I don't like to see either, but I usually have more than just annoys me. I, I hope I do, but, yeah. um, but it's, it tends to be a lot of times with kind of the sex symbol type thing that you're saying. And yeah. it's like, you know, she's had her time and people are just like, I don't want to see her anymore. And especially I think you touched on, you know, like if their partner is just like, wow, Megan Fox is hot all the time that feeds into that, you know, right. and it's like, whether you know it or not, you're just like enough of her but i think rodney is is dead on with um having the r rating if this is supposed to be something that teenagers are going to relate to they can't see it they can't see it because yeah. they're not 17 I and mean, if they're you know they're they're not going to see it until it comes out on video or or whatever streaming um and then yeah just just horror comedy being a tough nut to crack i think those are all that and i and i think the misogyny the the little bit of misogyny that you had you know experienced um, without making it all about that, but yes, that, you know, there's too many women involved and yeah. that's, you know, and, and horror is that's, that's, you know, that's, that's tough because it's traditionally male dominated. I think this movie definitely, and I, I don't know if it's achieved this status yet or if it ever will, but I would definitely earmark this movie for cult status. Like I think it's reputation has only improved in the last 10 years. I think a lot of people have sort of come around to it. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, evil dead type of cult status, but I think that definitely time has been kind to it um, in many ways. So I would say it may get its redemption ultimately. I think it ha I think it's considered a cult, a cult film now. I don't know if it's considered a cult classic. No. It's definitely a cult film. I, I, it, it probably doesn't deserve classic. You know what else? It's good. It's I'm remembering because I remember my one of my girlfriends that, that I saw this with was kind of a scaredy cat when it came to horror, but she was into seeing this and she was not like, it's it's kind of like, um, and it's a shame that it maybe wasn't marketed a little bit more this way, or maybe it's just being, maybe it'll just be discovered this way and, and down the road or whatever. But I think like for people who, like kind of they, they I, I've just had friends like this that like like the idea of horror but they just are like oh it's too much you know or whatever like they're just it's it's kind of like horror with horror training wheels because it's not it's not scary you know there's yeah. like it's it's it should have been it's because we we had a blast we loved the film like we you know we left and we were like that was so much fun and you know we're both like I don't know in our 30s I guess then at that point and it just was kind of just a, a, a fun experience for us so yeah I don't I don't know it's just got, it's got a, a weird um, niche I guess kind of thing going on there too yeah I mean here's the thing I applaud weird movies I like original voices and you know, this is a weird movie and it's refreshing because you're like, 
I don't know what to expect, right? Like, like this feels different. It feels like it's somewhat like an like artists actually made a thing. But at the same time, if you make a weird movie, don't be surprised when right. a bunch of people don't like it or don't show up because you made right. a weird movie. Right. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to go uh, find a demon to bite me and uh, give me some unexplained superpowers. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me back. This is a blast. As always. Hey, Rodney. That about does it today for Tentpole Trauma. If you like what you heard, check out our social media presence on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for Tentpole Trauma. That was easy, wasn't it? If you like us, hit subscribe and leave us a sterling review on iTunes, if you dare. If you really like us, head over to Patreon.com and get involved in one of our fabulous tiers. You'll be glad you did. Want to communicate with Tentpole Trauma? Send an email to tentpoletrauma at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And who knows, one day you may even get your email read on one of our shows. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.